0: Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode number 57 for those of you keeping track. Thanks for joining me. I hope you are doing well. Today on the show, we are talking about mental health. Now, you might ask yourself, what does mental health have to do with sterile processing? Well, stick around and find out, and let's talk about Bruno. But before we talk about Bruno... The 2022 Annual Conference and Expo is fast approaching. April 23rd through the 27th in one of my favorite places, San Antonio, Texas. in the heart of Texas is San Antonio. The second most populated city in the state, full of Spanish, Mexican, and American history with its long-standing and rich mix of cultures. It's only natural that San Antonio has a wide variety of great restaurants and cuisine. It's no secret that I love the food, so here are the best restaurants to visit in San Antonio. Now, credit for this article goes to Brendan Scully. February 2017. The information found discussed here can be found on the website, theculturetrip.com. Now, some of these restaurants may have fell victim to COVID, so be sure to Google them before you venture out. So the 10 best restaurants in downtown San Antonio, Texas. Starting at number one, the Esquire Tavern. Down on the river Walk, the Esquire Tavern Barring a hiatus from the 2006 to 2011, this rustic dim-lit haven has been a downtown San Antonio staple since 1933. Comfort food is aplenty here, with dinner plates such as chicken fried ribeye steak, yum, or short rib empanadas. Esquire also caters to the weekend rush on the Riverwalk, which is great with those late-night specials from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. every Thursday through Saturday for those of you that are the late-night party animals. So come in for a cocktail with a side of fried pickles or chili salt fries at the Esquire Tavern. Next on our list is Bliss. Owned by gourmet chef Tyler Bliss, Bliss is a high-class restaurant that has kept locals in San Antonio coming back for more since its opening in 2012. Bliss encourages a multi-course dinner experience of the finest contemporary American cuisine, ranging from small plates and salads to gourmet entrees. Try any of the delectable platters, ranging from the vegan platter to the Australian lamb loin platter. Bliss is a perfect place for a special occasion or intimate evening in San Antonio. Now that is fancy-like, but it's no Applebee's. Alright, Two Brothers Barbecue and Market, opened in 2008 by the brothers Jason and Jake, Two Bros has taken San Antonio by storm with its Texas barbecue pit-style food. With the goal of perfecting the art of smoked meats, Two Bros Backyard Atmosphere serves family-style packages of beef brisket, pork chicken ribs, and sausages. Come here for some authentic Texas barbecue that will leave you full and never disappointed. Now, our next restaurant is titled Feast. A new American restaurant sparked with a Mediterranean twist. Feast lies in the King William District. The dinner entrees are refreshing and eclectic with choices including mussels, lamb kebabs, to hearty mac and cheese. Feast Restaurant also has a very popular Sunday brunch menu. Start out your day with a mimosa and a San Antonio breakfast. Eggs over easy and potatoes with tortillas and pico de gallo. Alright, next on the list is Armadillo's Texas Style Burgers. You can't go to Texas without having a burger, and Armadillo's does the job just right. The burgers range from up to a pound and more. Armadillo's has what it takes to satisfy any burger craving. And they don't stop at the giant sized Texas burgers either. Not only are the classic french fries available, but you can also choose from sweet potato fries, tater tots, chili cheese fries, or even bacon cheese fries. They also have a wide variety of beers to select from, so enjoy armadillos while sitting outside on any beautiful San Antonio day. Next on the list, we have Rolando's Super Tacos. So everything is bigger in Texas, and at Rolando's, so are the tacos. What's unique about Rolando's is that it is extensively a breakfast and lunch joint, with daily hours from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., Here, the Super Tacos are an essential purchase, which consists of giant tortillas stuffed with variations of cheese, eggs, beans, and meat. At Rolando's, you better arrive hungry. In the heart of San Antonio is the Bombay Bicycle Club, a bar restaurant where San Antonio's can stay out late every night for a good time. Open until 2 a.m. every night of the week, Bombay has enough food options to satisfy any bar food craving. The staff is friendly, the atmosphere is always vibrant, and the food is among San Antonio's finest. So watch out for their Sotillo chicken sandwich, or any kind of Bombay burger. This place is the real deal. In the south town district of San Antonio is Starfish, a seafood's lover delight. Decorated with beautiful, nautical-themed interior, Starfish offers a fresh seasonal menu of enticing starters and seafood entrees. Indulge in some of their current entrees, which include the red snapper dish and fresh scallops. A few blocks away from the Riverwalk is Mi Tierra. Open 24 hours a day. Upon walking in, you may think you've walked into the middle of a firework. Every space is filled with brightly colored lights and lanterns swooping over the ceilings and walls all year round. Tourists and locals alike flock to this busy Market Street location for good reason. Come here for the crowd favorite, Huevos Rancheros, or try a variety of Mexican pastries available in their bakery. And last on our list is a visit to Chris Madrid's A True Texan Experience. Opened in 1977 by a student at the University of Texas, Chris Madrid's has maintained consistent popularity ever since their epic burgers that are packed with delicious Tex-Mex flavors. Come here for the famous tostada burger consisting of refried beans, onions, chips, cheddar cheese, and of course topped it all off with homemade salsa. So I'm excited for this trip to San Antonio. Lots of great food there. I can't wait for this awesome experience, the culture. So register today and join me in San Antonio. So today, we're talking about mental health. So you might be asking yourself, why are we talking about mental health? Well, mental health can affect all areas of our lives. And if we're not careful, it can creep into our work, our home lives, and really be destructive. Now, with all transparency, if you had asked me 15 or 20 years ago what I thought about mental health, I probably would have responded with, you know, mental health is for, and this may not be PC, but mental health is for crazy people or just lazy people, right? Just an excuse that lazy folks like to use. I probably would have told somebody to essentially get over themselves, get back to work, Pick yourself up, quit feeling sorry for yourself. You know, just get over it. Don't misunderstand me. I was wrong in thinking that way. I was ignorant in the area of mental health. Mental health does not mean that you're crazy. Mental health does not mean that you're lazy. Mental health is real and there are varying degrees and it can affect folks in different ways at different times in their life. So why am I talking about mental health today? And it's because it's an important topic, right? And it's affecting all of us, uh, certainly now in this COVID era, right? We're experiencing mental health in different ways. Well, the other day I was listening to my favorite sports talk radio station, and I'm a P1. And if you know what that means, then you know what station I'm talking about. Well, one of the hosts, so credit to Bob Sturm for introducing the topic, he talked about silencing the noise in your life. Now, in his discussion, he was really talking about turning off things that are unnecessarily distracting. And again, one of those examples was Facebook, and another one was Twitter. There are always ads and stories. know, when you're on Facebook, when you're on Twitter, that bombard you and try to influence you. And these media platforms, you know what? They're good at it. They're good at drawing you in. They're good at sucking you in and trying to keep your attention and keep you coming back for more. You know, they spend millions and millions of dollars on research on how to hook you and how to keep you. But that's a whole nother ball of wax and not really my point here. My point here today is that... A lot of things are coming at you, right? It's simply uh, a lot of these things are just simply noise in your life. And if you're like me, you might need a break from it. I know people who take sabbaticals from social media. They cut out noise in their life. I personally think that cutting out noise in our lives, at least for a period of time, can help with our mental health. For example, I I, I find myself at times scrolling through pointless Facebook videos for hours. And, you know, I've replaced that. I've replaced that with something I enjoy. I've replaced that with a Bible study that I do. So instead of scrolling through Facebook, I do something that I enjoy that enriches me. Uh, Some folks like to do yoga. I also like playing sports and spending time with my kids. The point is that I'm replacing some of the noise, some of this noise in my life, some of these, these distractors that really don't enrich me, right? And so um, that brings me enjoyment, right? In turns brings positivity towards my mental health. I'm not saying that silencing the noise is the be all end all to mental health, but I think the concept of silencing noise in our lives is an important one. And it can go a long way to improving your mental health. So for the rest of the show, we're going to explore mental health. So what is mental health? Mental health includes our emotions, our psychological and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It helps determine how we handle stress, how we relate to others, how we make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, and it begins at childhood and adolescence all the way through adulthood. Over the course of your life, if you experience mental health problems, your thinking, your mood, behavior could be affected. Many factors contribute to mental health problems, and some of those include... You know, those biological factors, such as genes or brain chemistry, life experiences, maybe trauma or abuse, family history of mental health problems. Mental health problems are common, but there's always help available. People with mental health problems can get better and many recover completely. Well, that's good news really good news. So some early warning signs. Uh, Not sure if you or someone you know is living with mental health problems. Well, experiencing one or more of the following feelings or behaviors can be really early signs of a problem. So the more you know, right? So here they are. Eating or sleeping too much or too little. Pulling away from people and usual activities. Having low energy or no energy. Feeling numb or like nothing matters. Having unexplained aches or pains. I kind of think that my aches and pains are from getting old and not such uh, contributed to mental health. But uh, here we go. Unexplained aches and pains. Feeling of helplessness or hopelessness. Smoking, drinking or using drugs more than usual. Feeling unusually confused. Maybe forgetful, on edge. Angry, upset, worried, or scared. Yelling or fighting with friends and family. Experiencing mood swings that cause problems in relationships. Having persistent thoughts and memories you just can't get out of your head. Hearing voices or believing things that are not true. Possibly thinking of harming yourself or others. Inability to perform tasks like taking care of your kids getting to work or school, all of these things can be signs of, you know, mental health or needs for somebody who is experiencing mental health. Understanding your mental health, positive mental health, allows people to realize their full potential, allows them to cope with some of the stresses of life it helps with work productivity, helps make meaningful contributions to their communities. Now, I know that, you know, with COVID-19, you know, this has been something, a new experience for a lot of us the past couple of years. So I think, you know, coping with some of those stresses, you know, maybe you're experiencing a little bit of mental health. I know that, you know, even I have experienced some stresses that are a little different that I'm not used to. Ways to maintain positive uh, mental health include, one, getting professional help. There's no shame, reaching out for help, having somebody help you. Connecting with others, talking about it, staying positive, getting physically active. Again, like I said, you know, I like playing with my kids, doing sports, getting out there and getting physically active. Uh, helping others, just naturally helping others is helps your soul, right? Getting enough sleep. I love sleep, so that's never a problem for me. Developing coping skills. So coping with uh, new and different situations that we're finding ourselves in. So I like this section. This section is myths and facts about mental health. So can you tell the difference between a mental health myth and a fact? So here we'll go through a couple of these. Mental health problems don't affect me. Well, that's a myth. The fact is that mental health problems are very common. In fact, in 2014, one in five American adults experienced a mental health issue. One in 10 young people experience a period of major depression, which that makes me sad because I don't think that young people should have to really experience, you know, these depression issues that they go through. 1 in 25 Americans live with a serious mental illness such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. And again, this is from 2014, but I also researched and the same numbers came up in 2017, which is suicide is 10th leading cause of death in the United States. And in these numbers, it accounts for a a loss of more than 41,000 American lives. I found this interesting because I also found another a number that said in 2020 that there were 91,000 lives lost that could potentially be contributed to suicide. And that was through uh, drug overdose. And so it, it can be difficult to determine it. sometimes is the drug overdose due to a suicide or is it due to simply just overdosing on, on the drug. However the case, these numbers are, you know, always disturbing, uh, essentially when you think that mental health uh, can be helped, you know, you can uh, recover from these things. So our next myth, children don't experience mental health problems, you know, again, a myth. And here it says that even very young children may show early warning signs of mental health concerns. Uh, Some of these health problems are often clinically diagnosable and they can be a product of uh, either biological, psychological, or social factors. Here's another disturbing note is that half of all mental health disorders show first signs of starting at the age of 14 years old. Three quarters of mental health disorders begin at the age of 24. And again here, unfortunately, Less than 20% of children and adolescents with diagnosable mental health problems uh, receive treatment that they need. So less than 20% of the folks are getting the treatment they need. So early mental health support can help a child before problems interfere with developmental needs. People with mental health problems are violent and unpredictable. This is another myth. The fact is, is that a vast majority of people with mental health problems are no more likely to be violent than anyone else. Most people with mental illness are not violent, and only 3-5% to of violent acts can be contributed or attributed to individuals living with serious mental illness. In fact, people with severe mental illness are over 10 times more likely to be victims of violent crime than the general population. You probably know somebody with a mental health problem and don't even realize it, because many people with mental health problems are highly active, productive members of our community. People with mental health needs, even those who are managing their mental illness, cannot tolerate stress of holding down a job. Myth. Fact is that people with mental health problems are just as productive as other employees. Employers who hire folks with mental health problems report good attendance, punctuality, as well as motivation, good work, and job tenure on par with or greater than other employees. When employees with mental health problems receive effective treatment, it can result in lower total medical cost, increased productivity, lower absenteeism, decreased disability cost. The next myth, personality weaknesses or character flaws cause mental health problems. People with mental health problems can snap out of it if they just try hard enough. Well, that is a myth. And I, you know, it's one of those myths that I said I was, I bought into early on. But the fact is is that mental health problems have nothing to do with being lazy or weak, and many people need help just to get better. Many factors contribute to mental health problems, and some of those include, again, those biological factors, such as genes, physical illness, injury, brain chemistry, life experiences. Again, we talked about trauma, family history. You know, people with mental health problems can get better And here's the key, many recover completely. There is no hope for people with mental health problems. Once a family or friend member develops mental health problems, he or she will never recover. And that is a myth, and we just said that. Studies show that people with mental health problems get better and many recover completely. Recovery refers to the process in which people are able to live, work, learn, and participate fully in their communities. There are more treatment services and community support systems available than ever before. Therapy and self-help are a waste of time. Why bother when you can just take a pill? Myth! Treatment for mental health problems vary depending on individuals and could include medication, therapy, or maybe both. Many individuals work with a support system during the healing and recovery process. I can't do anything for a person with mental health problems. That's another myth. Friends and loved ones can make big differences. Only 44% of adults with diagnosable mental health problems and less than 20% of children and adolescents receive needed treatment friends and family can be important influences to help someone get treatment and the services they need. Some of those services include reaching out and letting them know that you're available to help, helping them access mental health services, learning and sharing the facts about mental health, especially if you hear something that isn't true, treating them with respect, just as you would anyone else? Refusing to define them by diagnosing or using labels, just like I did, such as crazy. And last myth, prevention doesn't work. It's impossible to prevent mental illness. The fact is, prevention of mental, emotional, and behavioral disorders focuses on addressing known risk factors, such as exposure to trauma, that can affect the chances that children, youth, young adults will develop mental health problems. Promoting the social, emotional well-being of children and youth leads to higher overall productivity, better educational outcomes, lower crime rates, stronger economies, lower healthcare costs, improved quality of life, increased lifespan, improved family life. So, recovery is possible. Now, what does recovery look like? What is recovery? Recovery from mental disorders and or substance abuse disorders is a process of change through which individuals improve their health and wellness, live a self-directed life, Strive to achieve their potential. Now, four dimensions of recovery or four major ways to support a life in recovery. Health. Make informed, healthy choices that support physical and emotional well-being. Home. Have a stable and safe place to live. Purpose. Engage in meaningful daily activities such as a job or a school, volunteering, caring for your family or being creative, work for independence, income and resources to participate in society. And I'm going to throw in my silence here, silence some of that noise by engaging in meaningful daily activities. Next is community, build relationships and social networks that provide support so if you're struggling with a mental health problem you may want to develop you know some sort of plan plans include identify goals for achieving wellness specify what you can do to reach those goals include daily activities as well as longer long-term goals track any changes in your mental health identify triggers or stressful events that make you feel worse, and help you, and you know that's going to help you learn how to manage them, or get you know a recovery partner, somebody that can help you uh, through this. So things to look for: people can experience different types of mental health problems. You know these problems can affect your thinking, your mood, your behavior. You know, some things to look for. Anxiety disorder. People with anxiety disorders respond to certain objects or situations with fear and dread. You know, anxiety orders can include obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, panic disorders or phobias. You know, that's a big one right now, anxiety. And a lot of people having anxiety, whether it's just uh, in your job, anxiety of if you're going to have a job, you know, in the future or not. So behavioral disorders, this involves a pattern, a disruptive behavior, you know, in children that last for at least six months can cause problems in school, at home, and social situations. You know, some of these, some behavioral disorders include the ADHD, eating disorders. Eating disorders involve extreme emotions, attitudes, and behaviors, you know, involving weight and food. Eating disorders can include anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, mental health and substance use disorders, where you're uh, using substance abuse in order to cope with your mental uh, health issues. Mood disorders. Mood disorders involve uh, persistent feelings of sadness or periods of feeling overly happy or fluctuating between extreme happiness and sadness. Mood disorders can include depression, bipolar disorder, seasonal affective disorder, SAD, and self-harm. If you have OCD, you have repeated upsetting thoughts called obsessions. You do the same things over and over again and try to make uh, the thoughts go away. Those repeating actions are called compulsions. Personality disorders. People with personality disorders have extreme and inflexible personality traits that are distressing to the person and may cause problems in work, school, social relationships. Personality disorders can include antisocial personality disorders and unfortunately also suicidal behaviors. You know, suicide causes immeasurable pain, suffering and loss to individuals, families, and communities. And last, trauma and stress-related disorders. Post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. It can occur after living through or seeing traumatic events such as war, hurricanes, physical abuse, an accident. PTSD makes you feel stressed and afraid after the danger is already over. So again, anyone, anyone can, can experience mental health problems. You know, like I just listed, a lot of these are are common to many people around us. Now you can help by recognizing those signs, talking to people, learning about mental health, uh, improve recognition of the early signs, helping folks get early treatment and a greater understanding and compassion for Uh, these, these issues. What can you do? Well, you can offer support by finding out if the person's getting care or not that she needs or wants. If not, help them out. You know, by just simply expressing concern and support, by reminding your friends or family members that help is available and these can be treated. Simply asking questions or listening to ideas and being responsive when topics of mental health come up. Reassuring family members that uh, you care about him or her. Offering to help, you know, in everyday tasks and activities. Including friends and family members in your plans. Continue to fight uh, him or her without being overbearing, even if your friend or family member resists your invitations. Educating other people so they understand the facts about mental health problems and do not Discriminate. Treating people with these disorders with respect and compassion and empathy. You know, they're just like us. You know, sometimes we're just going through it, right? Sometimes you just go through it, and that's when we need help. When we think of mental health issues, it can be as simple as anxiety, stress, maybe just a little bit of depression. You know, throughout the pandemic, maybe you experienced some anxiety or stress in your job. For example, with the operating rooms, with the decreasing number of procedures, maybe you've been moved to another area of the hospital that you're not familiar with. Maybe your hours have been decreased. You know, this can cause anxiety and stress. And if we don't acknowledge these, if we just try to sweep it under the rug, then they can become real problems. So early recognition can help you control and maintain the issue before it spirals out of control. Hey, it's, it's okay to have stress and anxiety and even some depression as long as you recognize the issue and you know how to control it. You know, like I said at the beginning, it may be just as simple as controlling the noise in your life. So that's all I have for you today. For more information on mental health, you can go to mentalhealth.gov. Well, thanks for bearing with me through this episode. I hope that you learned something new or learned a way that you can help when it comes to mental health. HSPA episode number 57 is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, fill out the required information, and select the code, silencing the Noise." Again, the code for this episode is silencing the noise. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time.